The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. We're back after a long week and uh, after several holidays, Passover, Easter. So happy Passover, happy Easter to everybody. Hope you had a great time. The weather was fantastic here in New York. I certainly did. You know, I want to ask everybody to think about this as we go through the program today. What is a rising star? In New York real estate, it takes time to earn success. The learning curve is steep, and the market demands both skill and connections. Most of the very successful agents in town are over the age of 40 and have been in the business a very long time. Recently, though, The Real Deal, uh, a New York uh, industry publication, set out to find the under 35-year-old agents that are making a splash in residential commercial, and new development deals. I'm going to talk to one of the young guns here this morning in the studio. Also, later on, as usual, our panel of expert agents will be here. They are all rising stars in their past, and they have continued to raise the bar in their business to stay on top, and they will tell us why. In the studio with me this morning is Jason Meister. He is 31 years old and is a broker and vice president at Avazon Young. He works in their capital markets group. He is the son of a high-profile real estate attorney. He grew up in midtown Manhattan and moved to Nantucket, that's interesting, after college to get his feet wet in real estate. He is now back and with a vengeance. It is my pleasure this morning to welcome uh, Jason to the program. Good morning. Good morning, Vince. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So where in midtown did you grow up? I'm always intrigued with folks who grew up in Manhattan. I didn't. Yeah, so on the east side of midtown, uh, 56th and 2nd. Nice. So you went to school here? I actually went to uh, public school in New Jersey. I come from a divorced family. Gotcha. So uh, my mom lived out in New Jersey. My dad lived in uh, the city. And I went to high school in um, New Jersey. What were your interests as a young man in this very busy and tantalizing town? I mean, as, as adults, we find so much stimulation and so much to do. Um, but as a young guy growing up in this town, what was uh, interesting to you? What was intriguing? Obviously, you have the world at your fingertips in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah you have everything. Um, I was always a big uh, athlete, so I played a lot of basketball. There was always different teams to join, and, and Central Park, they had a lot of different places to go and things like that. So I was big on, big on the athletics. Gotcha. So your father is a high-profile attorney. Who is he, and what, what is his practice? Steven Meister. It's a, it's a law firm here, a boutique law firm here in Manhattan. Uh, it's called Meister, Selig, and Fine. Um, they do sp- – Definitely have a specialty in real estate, but they do all sorts of other uh, litigation, product liability, all different types of stuff. Gotcha. So let's talk about Nantucket. You um, moved there after college. Um, tell me what that was about. What I, I'm a I'm a beach person. I'm an island, you know, uh, lunatic. I like the vineyard. I like Nantucket. I like you know any island that's surrounded by water anywhere. And someday I'm going to live there. 
Um, but what what drove you to make that decision right out of school, coming from New York, wanting to live on a on an island? So I really wanted to be entrepreneurial and uh, start my own sort of business. And I had gone out there in the summers in high school. Um, and so I had met two other guys that were starting their own company. Um, and uh, they were taking it over from their father. Um, and they just seemed to be a great fit for me. And they said, you should come out and get your feet wet in real estate. So I joined their team, uh, Jay Pepper Frazier. And uh, there, I basically sold homes to high net worth uh, individuals of the likes of uh, Lee Iacocca, uh, the CEO, the former CEO of Chrysler, uh, the, the heirs of William Randolph Hearst, publishing magnate, and, and others amongst those. Um, but, you know, I loved the, the, the island, like you said, the island life. Um, and just being being a part of this high end real estate. So, what kind of a firm was it? Was it a real estate firm? Was it a development firm? Combination of both? Yeah, it was a combination. It, it really is a real estate brokerage, residential brokerage company. Um, but we actually, over the period of time that I worked there, we actually Dalton Frazier and uh, Jay Pepper Frazier and I started our own firm, which built luxury residential homes. Um, we actually had them built modular. Uh, off island in Maine mm-hmm. uh, by a company called Kaiser Homes, and basically we'd buy land, and we would d- build spec homes on spec, and then sell them. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because I saw that obviously in the research that you sold to Lee Iacocca. So, is that just a vacation place for him? Was it a full time residence or a vacation place? There's a lot of uh, CEO type people that go out there for their second homes, third homes. Um, and they would vacation there. It's a very low-key, under-the-radar place, uh, 30 miles out to sea. So, you know, they, they get their barbecues and they, they just relax. It's a great place. So what does one do out there full-time? I mean, so clearly I enjoy that kind of lifestyle. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I typically would go in the summertime or the warm weather sure. when I can enjoy the, the beach and the, and the sun, et cetera. Et cetera. What, what do you do in the wintertime yeah, so, in a place like that? So you actually you have a very short season of selling. Um, but it's a pretty pretty tight season, so you have to put a lot of effort in if you're going to make the money. Uh, it's seven days a week, nonstop. Um, but you know, we did some traveling in the winter and and saw some great places. I'm a big I'm a big skier. I was in, on the ski team in college, so I got out to uh, Vermont a couple winters. I rented a house there and uh, and went skiing and 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 then would go back and forth. Okay, so by 2008, you decided to return to New York. And join a commercial firm. Correct. Commercial real estate firm. Tell us a little bit about that. So, you know, I'm, I'm from Manhattan. Um, and I thought that I saw the market was pulling back a little bit. Wanted to learn commercial real estate. Go from these high-end luxury homes to skyscrapers. And understand the development aspects of, of doing stuff in, in New York City. And I actually joined uh, Vin Kariga and Neil Hellman, who are now my partners, uh, over at Grubb & Ellis. And they were one of the things that really brought me to them was the fact that they were very focused on development. They understood zoning, zoning analysis, and understood development very much. So that was a good fit for me. So, so coming from a, I guess, a residential background, uh, more or less, you come into town and you you sort of sway more towards the commercial end of things. Right. And, and, and more towards development. And development. Okay. Right. So we've done quite a bit of development deals here in the city or uh, residential conversions. One of the bigger, the larger conversions right now that are 
on the market that's, that they're doing very well with is 93 Worst Street. That was an office building that, that I brought in that, to our team that we sold mm-hmm. for about $50 million to an Israeli group that's now selling those units uh, on the market. How are they selling rapidly? They're, they're doing very well with the project. You know, it's Tribeca, so it's a very hot market. Right? Tribeca is unbelievable, absolutely. So you're here today because you are a rising star as the real deal. Um, I recently anointed you, and basically what that translates to is to being a very successful real estate agent, either commercial or residential, at a young age in this town. How do you become so successful at an early age? Because, you know, typically, as I said in the intro, you know, most people in this business or over the age of 40, they're having second and third careers. Uh, myself included, uh, you know, did a whole bunch of things, technology sales, school teaching, et cetera. You know, real estate for me is like a third career. So how does someone, and I'm seeing a, this trend a lot lately, how younger folks right out of school are going into, you know, stuff that you've done, developments, commercial, residential. How do you become so successful at such a young age? It's a great question. And I appreciate you you're offering the question to me. In order to, to persevere in New York City commercial real estate, you really have to have a tenacity to persevere. You have to work through market cycles, something that, that I did at an early age. When 2008 hit and the world was upside down, we, I, we, we learned how to put the pieces of the puzzle back together. The business is extremely volatile, so you have to have a stomach for that. And it's a major challenge for young professionals, and a lot of them end up leaving the industry because they can't take that, that pain. But if you, if you work through the crash and the down cycles, and you persevere through the depths of the recession, you come back even stronger, and you've learned how to put those pieces of the puzzle back together, and you learn how to survive on your own. And, you know, I think a lot of it is market intelligence, understanding what's going on in the marketplace. I study stuff on real estate all day long, commercial, residential. I understand the housing market. That helps me understand what development and land prices through the roof today in New York City, where, you know, where are these units going to be able to sell? What, what, how much inventory is coming online the next two to three years? If you're putting a shovel in the ground today, how many units are coming on in a year and a half when that developer comes to the market? That helps you be able to sell the properties and understand what's happening in the marketplace. So I think having, you know, that market intelligence, that foresight to advise clients on how to best position their businesses to thrive in an evolving marketplace environment, that's what makes a real leader. How do you deal with your competitors? Obviously, you know, and we've talked about this with other guests, you know, in the past several weeks on this program. You know, there are so many real estate agents, again, commercial, residential, whatever. How do you deal with your 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 daily competition? I mean, I know for myself, too, I'm always trying to stay ahead of everything, as you just described. But every once in a while, it's a little daunting to think that there are many me's running around out there doing the same thing that, you know, I'm trying to do, and I want to think that I'm the best at everything. So how do you handle your, your, your competition? And there's, there, there's a lot of it. There's a ton of it. You're, you're 100% correct. I think that you have to focus on yourself because that's what the only control you have is yourself. And you have to really learn how to value, be a value-add proposition. If, if you're not value-add in this marketplace, then you're replaceable. You need to make, make yourself irreplaceable, be value-add to your client's and and you'll see yourself succeed. With that said, so what drives you to success every day? Again, you've got your competition, you have your knowledge and skill, you have, you know, what you're used to doing. What 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 is that drive? Is it money? Is it fame? Is it power? What what drives you to get up every morning 
and to to be the best at what you are. Sure. I think all those things are obviously, uh, I think those are side effects. But I think that the main driver is to really wake up every morning and enjoy what you do. I think that if you look at successful people, most of those people actually enjoy what they're doing every day. And if you can find that medium that you really enjoy, you'll you'll rise to the top and, and be successful. Jason, let's hold it right there. We have to take a break. We'll come back with a couple more questions. Uh, stay tuned, everybody. We're coming back. But first, you're listening to uh, Good Morning New York on the uh, Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, we're back, everybody. Listen, we'd like to hear from you, so please do take advantage of calling in, emailing in, or tweeting me at Vince Rocco. We're back here with Jason Meister. have a couple more questions for him this morning. So we've determined, obviously, that you are a success in what you do. Can you describe for us what your typical day is like? Sure. So I get up uh, very early to do emails um, and get them sort of out of the way from the the night before. Uh, I get up about 5.30, uh, do emails for about a half hour, 45 minutes, and then I actually go to the gym every single morning. 
it sets my day and it's something I really need to do. Um, and so I, I either do a, a nice workout for about an hour and a half and then I, I get into the office. Um, and, you know, my typical day is sourcing new opportunities, uh, working on current opportunities with my analysts and my research department. Uh, when it's a development project, they may be development meetings with architects uh, and different zoning at- attorneys and uh, and just working on future deals, trying to bring things into the pipeline and executing current transactions uh, ranging from anywhere from 15 million to 100 million plus. We're sort of a middle markets institutional quality uh, player. And so that's that's my typical day. You are frequently quoted in the press, and I've seen you on Fox Business News. Do you like doing press? I do. I enjoy doing interviews. I enjoy television. I think it's uh, it's a great medium. And, uh, you know, I like I said before, studying the market and understanding the, the housing, the real estate, the residential and the commercial markets, uh, it's, it's important so that your value add to your clients, you understand how to advise them best. And going on those interviews, you know, you have to keep keep be on your feet, be on your toes and understand the different trends and the different things that are going on in the market. There's a lot of different things that impact the markets. This is correct, and I know from my customers they're they're you know very um, into asking all sorts of questions about the marketplace. So you know it's more than just showing a property; it's really your your knowledge, correct, and your confidence and your credibility that's going to win you that continued business. So you're a guy who's on top, and it seems like you're staying there. You seem to make it easy. What do you say to that? You know, it may seem that way, but it's not easy. Um, like anything, you have to work hard and you have to, you know, you have to really spend the time to understand things and 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 work with your clients. And, and, and if you do, I think you do become successful in the end. What's next for you? I'd like to get back into residential development eventually, um, looking at certain deals right now. Um, and, you know, I think there's always the potential, like you want to live on an island surrounded by water <laughs> one day to Someday. be there again. Someday. Um, but no, you know, I actually have a, a daughter on the way. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, I did about, read that. We're yeah. about three weeks out, and uh, and so I've been getting the nursery ready, painting the room pink, and, <laughs> you know, and, and put I put a stroller together yesterday. So, Listen, these are, these are good things. Perfect. It's all good. That's good. Jason, listen, thank you so much for joining me this morning. I appreciate you being here with us. Good luck, and now good luck, future daddy, uh, and I wish you more success. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks so thanks much. Thanks for having me. No problem. All right, there's one name in this town that is synonymous with success in real estate, Barbara Corcoran. Barbara started her business with a $1,000 loan from a boyfriend, and she started the Corcoran Group. She rose from being a waitress to being the owner of a giant real estate company that grew to over 700 agents. She sold that company several years ago for $66 million. She writes about her success and is always willing to share her story. I don't believe there is anyone in this town who doesn't know Barbara Corcoran. I say that or I set this next uh, segment up because, as we just heard from Jason, it takes a lot to become successful. It takes a lot to start in this business. It takes a lot of everything to stay, you know, really on top of your game because there is so much competition. We are going to talk to my panel today, who's back again. Uh, they were and still are rising stars uh, several years into their careers, and I want to hear from them basically what it is that they do on a daily basis that a makes them stay where they are at the top of their game. And B, why they want to still play in this game. We have uh, Peru Brombat. She's a very seasoned agent for Core Group Real Estate. Justina Chezak is from a long line of real estate entrepreneurs, and she has found success, great success in New York City. 
Rachel Alshuler is with Douglas Elliman and has over a dozen years in the business. And Niall Lundgren is president of his own firm, Dalian Realty, and he started his career in 2007. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How was your weekend? Amazing. Amazing. Very busy. Yeah, very busy. Well, at least it was summer-like, at least where I was anyway. Um, so, Niall, let me ask you. So, you, why did you start your own company, Dalian, and what's in that name? Tell me about that name. Um, that's actually a name that one of my partners and I just came up with, um, you know, a couple of years before we started the firm. Uh-huh. And, you know, I think, you know, the the way we did it was we just kind of sat down in a room and, and just tossed a bunch of ideas. My partner had thought of that idea and bought the domain name um, a number of years prior. So it was just kind of by coincidence and default. And we just said, that's a great name. And we kind of think it had a little bit of a bell to it. So we stuck with it. Gotcha. How did you start in real estate? Uh, I actually started in um Working in asset management, I ran a portfolio of buildings for a private landlord in Brooklyn and Queens. So I was, you know, working out there in Brooklyn 2007, 2008. Um, I ended up selling my first building in 2008. I thought the business was going to be, uh, you know, quite easy. Um, and then the financial crisis happened. And then, you know, I shifted to uh, being a, a rental broker um, in Manhattan. Uh, so that's kind of how that transition started. Justina, where were you born? I was born in Poland, actually. I moved here um, about 21 years ago, so it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to take a little time to go through the progression. So born in Poland, worked in Australia, and now in New York City. Tell us a little bit about that. Correct. So um, I um, moved here in 1992. I grew up in Connecticut, actually just right outside of Hartford, and then um, moved to New York City for college and grad school. And I finished uh, grad school at NYU kind of at the peak of the recession. So, you know, you come out with this with this master's and there's very little you can do with it. There are a few jobs there um, in the market. And I had a lot of friends in, in Sydney from just I had met from traveling. And the they didn't feel as much of a dip in their economy during their recession. So after I finished grad school, maybe three weeks later, I was, I was working in Sydney um, for about a year and a half. And pretty much the only job I could get on the visa that I had was um, at a real estate company. So I got a lot of experience there and then started really missing New York. So I moved back about three years ago. I was going to ask you that. So you have an MS degree from NYU in international affairs, and now you're in real estate. Yes. (laughs) How do you explain that? Um, So honestly, I I had initially had big hopes of being a diplomat. Um, however, I, I, I did do a bit of an internship at a, at a consulate, so so those hopes were deflated quite quickly. Um, but the you know the master's actually comes in, in handy. I, I did my focus in political economy, which I think really comes um, comes into use in real estate. So so we kind of the master's focused on how government policy affects domestic and international economic policy. So it helped me understand what's going on to uh, going on in the market. Um, as well as explain that to the clients I work with now. Um, and for example, and this is something we talked about one of, in one of your other shows, we learned a lot about capital flight, and we can definitely see that happening now with all the turmoil in Ukraine. Um, so we're, we're hoping to see some investment from there. Um, and I learned a lot about um, the Chinese economy while I, was, um, while I was in my master's program. And since then, I've worked with Chinese investors and have understood the kind of uh, political and economic situation there. Um, so it's been, it's, it hasn't been, you know, it didn't directly result in, in real estate, but it's definitely been 
been vital to me understanding the, the bigger the bigger picture. Rachel, good morning. Good morning. Remind me, are you a New York City girl? I don't remember. Where are you from? I am born and raised in Queens, Forest Hills. Gotcha. Can you give us, our, our listeners, a little bit of background on, on you before you entered real estate? Sure. Um, I went to college. I went to Binghamton, SUNY, uh, one of the best SUNYs out there for um, psychology. That was my major. And then I minored in human resource management and marketing. And I got out a uh, semester early, and I had no idea what to do. So I had like 16 jobs in a matter of a month and a half. And then I ended up in advertising. And then after 9-11, I went straight out of advertising. And I didn't know what to do. So after that, I figured I'm on unemployment. I'm not going to just settle for that. I became a six-figure dog walker with a very sick figure. I never looked better. And I was making a ton of money being a dog walker, um, but it wasn't stimulating enough. So I tried uh, finance through a friend of mine who brought me into Smith Barney. And that was immediately the wrong move for me. So I got my real estate license, and I started at a small rental company, and it just wasn't a good fit. I knew I wanted a bigger, stronger company. So as fate would have it, I was taking my first buyer that I ever met through Craigslist, and I took him to a co-op on 15th Street. The listing broker was a friend of mine from high school. Immediately brought me into Douglas Elliman, and I started out with one of the best brokers in the city. I learned from the best and got a very quick education on not only real estate, but how to be a graceful, honest, hardworking broker. Let's hold it there. We're coming right back after these messages. You're listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America channel. Don't go away. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back. A rule. I find your background very good morning. I find your background interesting. Grew up in Pennsylvania, lived in India for four years, and now New York. Why New York? It was one of those things where I can't even explain it to you. I just had always had a fascination with New York, and it was close enough to my family where I didn't feel like I was jumping cross-country or even internationally um, to some of the places that I would still love to live at someday. Um, but uh, I just had a fascination with New York, and uh, I knew uh, even when I was in college, I would often talk about how as soon as I was done, I was going to move to the city. And you also studied uh, psychology and analytical philosophy at the University of Pittsburgh. So oh, here's yes, your I question. Did. Why real estate? <laughs> well, <laughs> I did think I was going to be a philosopher. Um, I was actually on my way to um, a PhD program in philosophy, and um, and I just sort of I had a meeting with one of my um, my thesis advisors, who sat me down and said something sort of really grave and said, you know, I think I'm going to be doing such a favor to such a service to you and such a disservice to philosophy by saying this. But he said, do you like the argument for the sake of the argument? And what he was sort of pointing to is that in philosophy, what you really do is you argue theory back and forth, you take arguments written, you know, by whomever else who's a philosopher in, in your, in whatever it is that you're specializing in, and really it's just having this banter back and forth for the rest of your life. And I just sort of sat back shocked and I said, no, I actually don't. And so I really didn't know what I was going to do next. Um, and uh, I had friends who were going into investment banking and, and also uh, in strategy consulting, and I found strategy consulting consulting to be quite fascinating. So I sort of went down that path for a couple of years, and I found the work to be incredible. I think that, um, you know, it really taught me polish and, and the ability to work for 14, 16 hours a day, six days a week, seven days a week sometimes. Um, but what I didn't love is that there was a specific sort of political environment um, that I, I just didn't find freedom, and I didn't feel like I could be my independent, individual self. Um, I perhaps was a little idealistic going from philosophy to business as well, but I needed to find something that sort of gave me the room to sort of be who I was a little bit more, and yet at the same time something that required, um, you know, hard work, a certain level of kind of uh, multifaceted approach to things. And um, I had so I quit, actually, and I decided to move to New York um, to figure out what I wanted to do next. So I came here, and for about six months, I was working at nonprofits, just sort of, you know, trying to find uh, which direction I was going to move in. And in the meantime, I started looking for an apartment, and um, I just was so taken by the city and to walk in and out of these buildings. And there was just something that just just really resonated with me as I was walking around trying to find an apartment for myself. And I thought, wow, I could really do this. Why don't I give this a shot? And um, I, what I saw was that there was sort of a need in the market of real estate brokers who come from sort of a 
you know, like a finance, financial services or, you know, strategy consulting, sort of like more of a professional background because at the end of the day, our buyers and sellers are people who are professionals in the city. And I sort of saw a disconnect between um, at least some of the real estate brokers that I'd come into contact with, and I felt like they had a great skill set. However, they weren't quite connecting to their buyers and sellers' needs in terms of investment value and numbers and understanding the analytical end of the business. And so I thought I could really sort of provide value in bringing that sort of a mindset um, into what I could do for, for my buyers and sellers. And so that's what brought me to real estate, and I've never looked back. Well, it's a fascinating uh, progression. Niall, you are from New England. Where did you go to school? Um, I went to, I, for high school, I went to a prep school called Kent um, in right. Kent, Connecticut, and then I went to Trinity College uh, right after that in Hartford. And I think I read something, too, where you, you spent some time in Barcelona. Tell us about Barcelona. Oh, man. What did you do there? Mm. Uh, wow. If I wasn't in New York right now, I'd be in Barcelona for sure. I, uh, I'd be right with you. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I actually double majored when I was at Trinity. So I was a uh, major in English, creative writing, and Hispanic studies. So I studied abroad there for six months. I'm a fluent Spanish speaker and uh, lived with a Spanish family, went to university over there. And it was a very uh, unique experience. I mean, just I completely immersed myself in the culture and it was it was just absolutely fantastic to just be um, you know exposed to a different culture and see things you know through a different lens and it really you know helped me coming back especially being back in New York now because this is a, a big melting pot here in the city and uh, it, it just allows me to you know humbly um, go at all of my clients and be able to understand that you know everyone's from different places um, and I just thought it was just a great city in general and it, and it really helped me out culturally culturally as well. Uh, you know, what I'm trying to do here is su- sort of set, you know, the stage here for why all of you are successful, where you've come from, you know, because people ask me all the time, so what does it take to be an, a, a real estate agent? And then they say, well, what does it take to be a very successful real estate agent? And I like what I hear this morning here from all of you, uh, because all of your backgrounds are a little different, but they're sort of similar, you know, and, and I think for the listening audience out there who may be uh, entertaining a career, uh, whether it's a first career, time career, or a second or third time career, you know, all of these interesting um, facts about all of us, I hope, will be uh, useful. So, you know, along those lines, uh, now, so, you know, how did, you know, the, the progression from New England to Barcelona back to New York, how do you feel that that's really helped you in um, becoming successful in New York and, and maintaining that success? Well, I think in general, you know, being from Connecticut, you know, it's kind of, I grew up in a small town. I was from Guilford, Connecticut, and then I went to a small prep school. Trinity was obviously, you know, in Hartford in the capital of Connecticut. But going to Barcelona, it gave me um, a, a passion and a love for, for cities um, and, and, and the city life. And as soon as I graduated school, Trinity, I, I said, all right, I'm coming to New York. I didn't necessarily have a plan. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew that I was in love with you know, just metropolitan areas in general. And I knew if I was going to go anywhere in the world, it, was, it had to be New York. And that's how I ended up living. I moved and lived in Brooklyn and um, ended up getting hooked up with one of my buddies had just bought a building. Um, and the landlord that sold him the building was the, the landlord that I inevitably started working with. I formed a relationship with him. He's like, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, ah, I'm not sure I was going to try and, you know, uh, try my hand at being an actor. And he was like, hey, you know, I got a bunch of buildings. You want to you know, help me out with that. And, and that's how I kind of got in. 
into the uh, into the business. And then from there, you know, I lived in Brooklyn, and you know, I, I was dealing with Spanish-speaking tenants and Spanish-speaking clients, and you know, I, I was just kind of, you know, I was able to communicate, and I think that's a big part of the business. You know, obviously, I majored in English as well. You know, communication is the most important thing when you're in real estate, and having a, you know, an understanding that everyone comes from different places. And being uh, able to communicate with them on a, on a number of different levels and effectively communicate with them is very important in this business. I think it's a it's a catalyst for any successful agent in the city. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And Justina, you know, how do you use your love for New York City uh, and translate that into a business for yourself? Um, and where do you find your clients? Um, so I'll answer the kind of the second question first. Um, okay. So I find my clients. Um, a, so when I worked in Australia, I worked with uh, quite a large buyers agency, and a lot of those people remember me and um, have considered investments in the city, um, just because the, our real estate market is, um, you know, the, its reputation pursues itself. So um, a lot of the the clients that I get are just clients I've worked with in the past in Sydney. Um, I also work as part of a, a very successful sales team at Spire. Um, so we just get a, a number of leads through through referrals into the sales team. Um, and then just kind of marketing to my network um, and social media. So just constantly, you know, putting myself as a thought leader in the industry, as knowledgeable on the market. Um, and in terms of my love for New York, so I actually, um, I started as a rental agent um, in the city. So I pretty much, and, and being a rental agent in Manhattan, it's, it's very cutthroat. Um, there's a lot of competition. We're all working with the open listing system. Um, so we're all, you know, we were all showing the same buildings, um, and there's very little inventory. So I made sure to know every single neighborhood because if I couldn't, you know, make a deal in, let's say, Murray Hill, okay, well, let's see something in the Upper East or Upper West or Chelsea. Um, and that way I got to know a lot of different neighborhoods. So um, so now I feel like I know most neighborhoods in the city in and out, and I can um, offer suggestions to my clients, give them market comparables about what's going on in Chelsea and the West Village. Um, and I think that really helps people make make their decisions. Um, and just being able to walk by a neighborhood or by a restaurant and say, hey, that's a good one, and um, I really recommend you go there, it, it creates a different kind of rapport, um, and people really feel confident. Trust or really feel confident in your skills and in your knowledge of these neighborhoods. Guys, we have to take another break, uh, but we will come back. We have a lot more to talk about. Stay with us. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. 
Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. Rachel, somebody whispered in my ear during the commercial break that you have a new listing you want to talk about. <laughs> I do. I do. Downtown. Downtown. Well, Tell us. <laughs> it's at the Cast Iron Building. Uh, it's a studio asking five twenty-five, and it's one of my favorite buildings. Um, uh, Greenwich Village is, you know, there's just nothing better. So. Hot. All right. So on the heels of that, tell me, you know, you are tremendously successful in in resale and in new development. Thank you. Take us through um, your success. How do you? How do you for yourself define success? Uh, success is waking up every day with a smile, looking forward to meeting a client or going to the office. Um, my business partner and I, we have a team. Um, we laugh all day long, and you just you have to have fun with it. And if you don't have fun with it, this is not for you because it's a tough, tough business. Um, if you're, I think we should talk about maybe the secret of my success um, and what I think it is. It's, it's got to be blood, sweat, and tears. And when you start out, um, it's just make or break. I mean, you really, the first two years is when you know you're going to make it or not. I was in the office until late hours working seven days a week. I was working 20 deals to make one happen. Um, but you can't get to the top without climbing. And, and that was just years and years ago. After 12 years, the secret to my success I have to say, Vince, is aligning myself with really good clients and a great team because that exponentially builds your business and ensures that you're not only really, really successful, but also enjoying the process. Perul, you are also very successful in this uh, real estate field here in New York. What is your differentiator? Um, you know what? I think I have to echo a lot of what I'm hearing from everybody else here. I think that you really truly need to have a passion and be really happy every day doing what you're doing because this really is not an easy business. Um, in fact, when I sort of joined the business, I thought, oh, okay, you know what? Like, I've come from a professional background. I should be able to do this. This should be easy. And the first six months in the business, I mean, I was working six hours a day. I was, well, I'm sorry, six, six days a week, about 12 hours a day. And I had 10 deals fall apart back to back in my first six months after an accepted offer. So it was disheartening, and I was probably going to give up. And at that point, I actually, something turned around. I mean, somebody walked in, and I happened to be at the office, 
on a Saturday at 5 p.m. in the middle of the winter. That is not a time that usually you'll ever find a broker in an office. And uh, that is when somebody walked in, lifted his apartment with me, and also uh, ended up buying an apartment with me as well. And uh, that basically is what turned around everything. Excuse me. And uh, and uh, I think that that's the type of work it takes in order to um, to be successful in this business. Niall, I'm interested in your social media plan, or at least you know a little bit that I've read about it. How do you how do you think that this has helped you in in your business and in your success? Yeah, I think social media is you know very very important. I think back in back in uh, 2009 when you know Twitter was just first coming out and you know blogging was kind of a new concept. I I, I thought that that trend was going to be something that was going to stick, um, and I actually started my own blog. It's NiallLundgren.com. And, you know, I just started blogging, you know, I was a rental agent, just, you know, just trying to survive, like I think everyone else else was talking about. I mean, working seven days a week, just trying to figure out how am I going to separate myself from the 20 other, 20 other thousand uh, brokers that are out there. And, uh, you know, social media was a way that I could say, all right, well, here's me. This is where I'm a little bit unique. My name is Niall, for example. So that kind of, you know, has been like a hook for me. And, you know, I, I did started Googling myself and found search op- optimization to work well with my name. So I, I generally, you know, created, you know, very specific templates on my blog about, you know, how to buy an apartment, how to sell an apartment. So anytime that I had a conversation with a buyer or a seller or a renter, I'd send them the link and, kind of bring them back to my blog and then, you know, I'd link my blog up to my Twitter or, you know, now it's Instagram um, and kind of using that and following, you know, a lot of the trends that, you know, you, you'll see in the real deal with uh, some of the you know, bigger brokers um, that they're all doing and, uh, and, and the success that they're seeing because of it. So, you know, I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's here to stay and it's very important um, for people in the business. All the agents at my firm are required um, to have Twitter accounts, Instagram, uh, and start their own blog, even if it's small. You know, you've you got to understand that when you start out, and a lot of what happens when you start out is it's very difficult for people to trust that you're a real agent. And, you know, if you have some sort of Googleable presence, Googleable, right? If you have some sort of Googleable presence where people can Google you and see that you at least have your own blog or you're on your company's website or you have an Instagram you know, page with a couple of pictures, then, then that adds a, a degree of validity to who you are and what you're doing. And that's really important for the newer agents is to, is to, is to capture what they can capture in that sense and, um, and allow people to realize that they're actually in the business, and then they can trust them. There's a trust factor that plays into it. I think the social media is free, it's, it's ultra-transparent, and um, it allows for you know, a higher level of trust. We're going to do a whole show in the next couple of weeks on social media. Obviously, it's, it's very important in, in our business. And I'm interested um, in the um, Instagram uh, phenomenon, and you just mentioned it, because I personally don't use Instagram probably the way I should. Um, I don't think I even understand it other than, you know, just for just posting listings and stuff, because it's really just a photo op. But I like what you say about the blog. How long does it take you to and, and do you do you blog every day? And how long does it take you to do that? Because, you know, I like to write myself, but, you know, you have to really sit down and spend a lot of time with your thoughts. And then obviously, you know, composing it all. Is it time consuming? Yeah, you know, I, you know, I think like, like I said earlier, I was an English major. So that was something that kind of mm-hmm. came natural to me. Um, today, I don't, I don't blog every day. I mean, you know, I, I run a business. I have, you know, a bunch of agents that I'm, I'm managing on a daily basis. Um, 
obviously managing all of my personal deals. So, you know, I, I would love to be doing it more, and, um, and I do intend on doing that. But, you know, it, it, is, a, it is a bit time-consuming because, you know, you put it up. You've got to make sure that it's, it's, it's legitimate content because it's going to be up and it's going to be, you know, kind of pasted on the Internet for everyone to read. If there's spelling errors, um, grammatical mistakes, that's, you know, that represents you and your brand poorly. Um, so it's, it's, it's a work in progress. It's something you have to constantly be managing and, and, and keeping up to date with. But, you know, if you do it the right way and you spend, you know, an hour, two hours a week at it, I think it's gonna, it works out really well. At the beginning, there's a little bit of a learning curve. You've got to really you know, figure out how to do it, the back end of the site, the appearance, the theme, all that jazz. But then once you really get into it, then it's just about driving content. And I think what a lot of other uh, panelists have been saying is adding value. And, and that's, a, that's a really clear-cut way for you to add value um, and demonstrate that to your clients. And Justina, you're an excellent negotiator, and I and I want to ask you about that because I believe in this business that you can really only be a super success if you have great negotiation skills. Tell me about that. Sure. So I um I have to admit that I, I while working in Australia and when I first started working in real estate in New York, I had some pretty phenomenal mentors. Um, they were self-made millionaires who you know, like the rest of us, us have said, have devoted tons of time at the beginning of their career to um, to becoming the best they can be. And my, my boss in Australia, he started his business in a garage and it grew to, to be a, an Australia-wide company. So I really did um, did learn from the best. But like other agents on the panel have been saying, it's all about communication, um, listening to the wants and concerns of of everyone at the table um, and making listening. sure everyone big, walks big away happy. Listening. Sorry? Go ahead. Go ahead. I said listening. It's a very big word. You're absolutely correct. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go continue. No, no. It's 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 exactly right. Um, at the and it makes. I feel like it makes the whole transaction just smoother. It lessens buyer's remorse when you're at the table and everyone's communicating. Um, and we're we're trying to look for a middle ground. I think that's the that's the key in negotiating is finding something where somebody doesn't feel like, oh, I I just missed out or or I feel wronged in this deal. It's it's kind of giving everybody, you know, peace of mind and saying, all right, we we all got what we wanted, and sometimes that's not possible, um, especially in in a, a market that we're working in where it's competitive and things are, you know, things are moving very quickly. Um, but it's it's just about listening and communicating and helping everybody. At the end of the day, is dissatisfied and seeing what we can do, in in order for everyone to feel comfortable. All right, we've got a few minutes left, and I wanted to ask each of you the same question. You know, again, thank you for being here because, you know, defining success in this town isn't always easy, but when you find people who are, I'm delighted by that. And, of course, um, as Nal just said, you know, running a company myself and managing agents in addition to everything else I do, um, it really – success makes a lot of sense and, and certainly um, makes a lot of people very happy. But for all of you, what um, what do you do next? How do you continue to stay on top of your game you know, how do you how do you maintain you know what you've already built, uh, and where do you want to be in the next five years? Uh, Peru, let's start with you. Yeah, well, since I uh, I think that uh, sometimes with the amount of information that's out there on the internet and TV media in general, um, there oftentimes seems to be the question like what what does a broker bring to the table? Why could I not just do this on my own or go on Street Easy and look for an apartment or whatever? And the fact of the matter is, is what a broker does beyond anyone and anything else is, is provide context. 
So while there's a bunch of information out there, the information is useless unless you have somebody who really understands how this building compares to the one, you know, two doors down and why are the price per square foot, um, you know, why is the price per square foot on this apartment X versus the thing that just sold three months ago that was Y? What was the difference in the layout? What is it's just about understanding the value that you provide and continue to provide it. Um, and I think that what keeps you on top is that you always have to be out there. This market is ever-changing. And, uh, and I think that's what's exciting about it. It's, it's that there, there are always new things to learn. and There's always new things to incorporate. I mean, now social media is becoming such a big thing. So, you know, it, I think the market itself keeps us on our toes and keeps it exciting. But it's when you keep moving along with that and continue to be the expert that's providing value and providing context for your buyers and sellers that really kind of keeps kind of keeps you on top of it. The second part, I think, is really, truly caring about your buyers and sellers and their well-being. They're trusting you with their largest asset. So it's really important that the first and foremost thing that they see when they're interacting with you is that you genuinely care about their best interests. And I think when you work from that place, everything else falls into place as well. I agree. Rachel? Well said. She said everything I Thank wanted you. to say. <laughs> I think for me, um, the next five years, Vince, is going to be, uh, I hate to say working smarter because I feel like I already am, but I think that's always a good thing to strive for is to always work smarter. Um, building a team for me has allowed me to go to lunch with my clients, follow up with them, ask them about their kids, do they like their home. These are things when you're starting out you don't have time to do. So I'm really enjoying that part right now. Um, and then just more balance in my life because, I've, like I said, we've all worked so hard. And every broker I know strives for this, that yin and yang of enjoying. And I know you do too, Vince, like just enjoying, the, you know, the things, the little time that we have, you know, just enjoying that to the maximum. So You know I, you know I do. Justina, how about you? Um, sure. So I, I found it very interesting across all the panelists we had today, including Jason. Everybody seemed to kind of fall into real estate. Everyone had an open mind, like parole when you got back and you said, you know what, I've seen these apartments. I think I can do this. Rachel, the same thing, or a dog walker. And then, you know what, let me give this a try. Um, and I think something that makes us all, you know, successful is, is open-mindedness to working with different people, trying different markets. And, um, and so I want to, I guess within the next five years, become even more open-minded and take on different projects. And I recently have started uh, marketing new developments in Queens. I thought, you know what, that looks like fun. Why don't Why don't I try it? Um, so for, in the next five years, I'll be kind of taking on new projects that I maybe didn't necessarily see myself in initially, um, but just seeing what's out, what else is out there. Um, I'd also like to to start my own team. Um, I think that's that's really important. Um, and Kind of what Niall was saying, I, I, I love social media, but there's a lot more that I can be doing, so I want to be working on blogs and, um, and just getting out there and educating. Uh, I think there's a lot of misinformation in the market, um, and, and um, I think I want to you know, do something to, to help educate buyers and, and people coming to New York City for the first time on, on what's really happening and, um, and how to find the best home possible. Now, very quickly, because we're running out of time, where are you in five years? Uh, so I would, uh, the biggest thing for me is just to maintain my excitement throughout. I mean, I think I'm addicted to, you know, every day, um, in competing just in, in this city. So what I would be doing in five years is, you know, my goal is to be one of the top brokers in Manhattan, you know, leverage all my past experiences, 
um, you know, in all my successes into more bigger and better projects and continue to do that. And I think like everyone else has said, you know, always look out for, uh, for my clients in their best interest because that's the most important thing. And if you do that first, you know, everything else will take care of itself. All right, guys, listen, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. I thank you for your expertise, your success, and you're willing to be here with me on Monday mornings. Um, we all seem to want it. We all seem to seek it. Success seems to be the magic word for what we chase after, prepare for, choose, and desire. It's how we often define our lives. Money, fame, and power are often what we have been told make up success. Americans, for example, tend to define success by money and by what money can buy. But this doesn't mean more fulfillment or contributing to make the world better in some way. It simply means more things. As Rachel said, wake up with a smile on your face and be happy. Use the success you achieve and make a difference. On next week's show, I'm thrilled to be talking to one of the million-dollar listing New York stars, Luis Ortiz, and also a couple more million-dollar brokers. Don't miss it. It will be an interesting discussion. That's all for this week. Thank you for joining me. I'll be back next Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific Time, live on the Variety Channel here on the Voice America Network. You can always catch the show later in the day or anytime on our website, voiceamerica.com. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.